back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! I totally missed the, the mark. <laughs> I, totally I have to rely on you because I can't wow. hear you. So when you missed the mark, I missed the mark. Oh, man. I missed that big time. Woof. I don't know what you were doing. Wow. I got so distracted. What were you doing? I was. Li- I, I still had the, the Rolling Stone list open, so I was going through it. And, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week... We take whatever artist or band we're doing, and we take all their albums, we listen to them, and we rank them, and name our biggest banger from each of them. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Good Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That means a lot. Tell all your friends, and uh, keep listening. Really, do it, because we really appreciate it. We also have a phone number you can call. Leave a voicemail, send us a text. Give it, tell us what you want to hear on the pod. We might listen to you. That phone number is 503-893-5307. We also have a Discord channel. Hit us up for that link. We'll send it to you. On, we can do that on social medias, whatever. Let us know. We'll let you know. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got for the intro, the boring intro. Let's get right into our Six Degrees with Tom DeLong because I forgot about that too. So, hey. do you, um, that, that's, you know, if you don't know what that is, same idea, Six Degrees with Kevin Bacon, but we do it with Tom DeLong and the Artist of the Week. I uh, I unfortunately don't have any this week. Okay. I, I lagged. Do you have any? That's cool. I do. I have one. There we go. So let's let's do that. Let's get into that. What do you got for your six degrees of Tom DeLong? Go. This is a tough one too. It was uh, it was it was cool because I learned something this week. And I thought it was it was kind of um, it was kind of mind blowing for me. But JFA has ties to Sun City Girls, which is a a local band. Um, I think from Tempe, they're, they're like like the Sun City Girls are pretty well respected out here. Experimental rock stuff, a decent amount of albums. Some of it's okay, but some of it's really damn good. Okay. But um, Richard Bishop of Sun City Girls is in a band called Rangda. Have you heard of the band Rangda? No, have not. Yeah, so he's in a band called Rangda with with drummer Chris Corsano. So the band Rangda. I don't know if you remember, but I had that subscription during the pandemic when everything was shut down where I paid X amount of dollars to 606 Records in Chicago, and they would send me stuff based on my experiences. So I I said I want, like, psychedelic shit, and they sent me this psychedelic, like, surf band, and it was all instrumental, just three guys, Mm -hmm. and they sent me this band called Rangdon. I I brought it to the pod. You really liked it, too. It was really good. I, I remember. Yes, I do remember this. And I, so, like, when I got here, I had no idea that Rangda had, like, ties to the Phoenix area. So I thought that was, like, my, my epiphany thing that I thought was really cool. Um, okay. But anyway, this record's not that cool. Chris Corsano plays <laughs> drums on Rangda. He's a phenomenal drummer, by the way. Uh, he also played on Bjork's album Volta, which is, like, a 2007 album. Okay. And alongside producer Timbaland, who helped produce some of that album, some tracks for the album. Timbaland and Lil Wayne collaborated on the song called mm. Give It Give It Up To Me. It was a Shakira song. Lil Wayne to Blink. Blink to Tom. There you Done. go. Wait, what was the connection between JFA and Rangda? Uh, JFA had ties to Sun City Girls. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Not only from the same area, but I think they were label mates. And then 
when the bass player left from JFA for a little bit, the bass player from Sun City Girls stepped in and played with them, played a bunch That's of shows right. and stuff. For like two years. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's good. That was a good one. I, yeah. This this was a tough one, and I just didn't have time. I'm sorry. It was it was a tough one because it wasn't uh, it wasn't super super easy. You had to do a little bit of digging, and we had to do a little bit of digging. It's uh, it gets tough because you get like, well, I mean, for one, you get uninterested, and then two, you <laughs> get kind of like like ah, this is too much work. Overwhelmed. There you go. Yeah, and, and there's just this. so there's just so little written about this damn band. Yeah. So, whatever, 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 whatever. So, um, let's get into their album rankings. We're doing their five records. We think we th- we think they have five <laughs> records. So we're gonna go from their their uh, least best to their best, and we're also gonna name our biggest banger if we have one from each of them. So, what do you got, Jeff, for number five? Go. Um. So yeah, I think I think they have seven technical albums, but two of them are live albums. So we mm-hmm. just did like the studio ones, and and this isn't like. This isn't bad, and I still enjoy this. But speed of sound, this is mm-hmm. uh, I think 2012. Yeah, I think and so too. I was I was uh, I was kind of shocked because the vocals are so different on this, and they reminded me of Al Bar, like that type of guttural raspiness. Oh, yeah. But that was um, that was that was my least favorite, just because I I thought all the songs kind of sounded the same, and they lost they lost sort of the edge that they had from their first three albums. Mm-hmm. And this became like generic a little bit, and that's okay. why it was it was so low. But sixteen hippies is my favorite song from here. I thought it was kind of funny, and even after so many years, they're still making fun of hippies and that culture. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's pretty great. <laughs> the same shit they were talking about when they were sixteen. Mm-hmm. Still talking about. So, my number five is also Speed of Sound. And uh, yeah, th- this one, the vocals did sound very weird, but the Al Bar thing, that's a good comparison. I, I didn't i didn't make that connection, but I can definitely hear it now. Uh, the, it w- it's not just the vocals too. The, the album was mixed really weird. Like it wasn't, I don't know, I just didn't like the sound of it. It just didn't, it wasn't super pleasant. Not that like hardcore music needs to be like super polished, but this just, it was just sounded weird to me. I, did, I didn't really, I don't think I'd ever go back to this record, but it isn't bad. So I don't have a I don't have a banger off of this one because a lot of them just blend in with one another and that goes with a couple other records too like I feel like I I need if I want to if I have a banger I need to listen to the records more than once and just kind of really like go through them and I just I listening to it once I couldn't pick a banger off this one so That's yeah true. number 5 speed of sound yeah. okay so what do you got for number 4 uh, number four, this is the only other one that I think I probably wouldn't go back to. And I probably, I don't even think it's on the vinyls, but I probably wouldn't buy it on vinyls. But uh, Only Live Once. This is uh, 1999, I believe. And again, this was it was hard to find exactly when these came out because I know, I had to Wikipedia on had one, yeah, exactly. Wikipedia had one date and then Discogs had another date. But then on Discogs, the album could have came out. They could have written the album, but then the pressing could have came out a year later or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It was, it was a little tough to peg down exactly what year these came out in, but only live once. I think this came out in 1999 and again, overall it's not a bad album. It's, it's, it's pretty run of the mill stuff, but there's small parts of it that have that JFA sound. There's small flourishes mm-hmm. of that like surf sound, but overall it's just punk stuffs. And I'm yeah. not a huge fan of just punk stuff because 
like a lot of other genres, it tends to sound the same. You need like an edge. You need something there. Otherwise, you're just kind of sounding like Black Flag at that point. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. Even kinda, Black Flag had a unique thing going. Yeah, because it was just so fucking early. But I mean, that that's where I land with this one. I like the song Lincoln. I, mm-hmm. I like the way he rhymes the last word. It was very dramatic. And it was it was the way he said like the oohs like you yo me too. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. It was a fun punk song. But again, okay. I don't I don't think I would ever I I, I would never I would I would probably never go back to this ever. That's fair. That's fair. My uh, my number four is also only live once, and I, I'm with you. I don't know if I would ever go back to it as well. Uh, they they kind of ditched some of the things that they were doing in the late '80s, and just made it more a straight up hardcore record which is fine i mean it's they they did it well on this record they it was a it was a nice throwback to just their strictly punk stuff very little surf i don't even really remember any surf at all on this one but uh yeah it's 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 good i mean there's better hardcore records hardcore punk records i mean look at gorilla biscuits look at black flag obviously like there's there's better stuff out there and i i mean it's not bad but yeah i'm never gonna go back to it so this is another one too where nothing really stood out to me on it, so I don't I don't even have a banger off this one. So okay, okay. I, I I would need to listen like I said I would need to listen to it more to really kind of differentiate between the songs because even on the album of the week there's there's a few songs that bleed into one another, but that's also because the songs are like forty five seconds long. But yeah, um, but yeah, so only live once is my number four. So what do you got for number three? Uh, I mean, now we're getting into the, I want these on the vinyls or I already have them, but Nowhere Blossoms, number three mm-hmm. for me. I think this is their third album, 1988. And let me tell you, I have their first two records on vinyls and then I have an EP, the Mad Gardens EP. Mm-hmm. And this is only on YouTube. And I'm glad we threw this in there last minute because like, where the fuck did this come from? That's so what the weird. hell is this? It's and I had so to like weird. check like three times to make sure <laughs> I, that it was actually okay. JFA. I know I did too. I went. I was re- <laughs> I was reading through all the comments. I'm like, this doesn't sound like them at all. And yeah, it's but sure enough, joke. There's a lot of people in there saying like, oh, it's my favorite, my favorite JFA record. But yeah, no, I I didn't think it was. It's pretty experimental for them. This is this is like this is as if some skate punk band decided to make an '80s synth like album. But <laughs> punk it out a little bit, and that's exactly what it is. It's very bizarre. You hear a lot of that eighties style of synth music, which I fucking hate. It's just that synth-driven songs, pop-centric melodies, that type of music. But this has an edge to it. It's sharper. It's heavier. It's grittier. Mm-hmm. It's badass. It's pretty yeah. fucking good. And I was very, very, I was surprised that it was JFA. And then after I got over the fact that this sounds like a bullshit eighties thing. I was like, wow, this is actually a really fucking good album. I mean, they could have easily been called sellouts just for this record, which they probably were, honestly. But this, re- honestly, this reminded me of, I haven't listened to the whole album yet, but this reminded me of what Turnstile did on their last album. Oh, okay, on Go like, On. It's so different. It's so dumb. It's so like, it's so let's hit the studio and, and see how much layering we can do and how much pop stuff we can throw in there. And that's... <laughs> That's cool. I don't know. They're progressing as a band in a different direction, and but there's still punk stuff here. There's like I said, it's still it's still heavy in parts. Like mm-hmm. the vocals are still gritty, but the guitar tones are still edgy and and and, and low sounding. Everything's great. I really yeah. like this album. I do too. I thought it was good. It's also my number three. 
Uh, so, so what's your biggest banger on this one? Your BB? Uh, because it was on YouTube, and the one I I listened to didn't have timestamps. It was just the the track listing, mm-hmm. so it was it was hard to to pinpoint. But off the bat, the opening track it's an instrumental, and right there, I thought I thought the entire album was going to be just an instrumental thing because of how well they did the first track as an instrumental. Yeah, it worked super great. Um, but then it, it was an instrumental album. But then there's like this spoken word part later on yeah. where I think they have like some woman just, just kind of like freestyling a poem or something. And it reminded me a lot of what Sublime did in like 40 Ounces to Freedom and like like uh, Robin the Hood in putting mm-hmm. like those little the little snippets of like reggae. Oh, you're a reggae band? And the guy like <laughs> clapping and stomping and stuff. And then it makes sense, right? Because Sublime mentions mm-hmm. that they like JFA. That's right, huh? I didn't even think about that. And so I wonder, like, if this specific album, I'm, I'm going to make myself believe that this specific album, like, influenced Sublime to do that same exact thing. Because JFA I mean, did it, and it's a lot longer than Sublime does it. A little bit too long for me, but it's still there, and it's still really cool. Yeah, I, I imagine, I, I could see, like, them taking even the more obscure part of JFA and that being the influence on them. I could see that. Yeah, because this this was this was 1988, and Sublime's first album was 1992 mm-hmm. or three or something. Three, I think it was three. Yeah. So they they like clearly, and they they specifically say in their songs that they are influenced by JFA. So cool, though. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. But uh, so yeah, so it's also my number three. Uh, I don't I don't have a banger off this one because like you, there's no timestamp, so I don't. It was hard for me to differentiate between the songs, and also I was driving while I was listening to it, so I'm not going to really pay that much attention as to like I'm not going to look at the the YouTube you know thing every time. So I don't I don't have a banger on this one, but there's a lot of good stuff, and I agree with you. There is some '80s stuff on there, but it's not as cheesy as most '80s music. It's more it's more of like an organ. There's a lot of like organ sounds rather than like straight up synth. I feel. But the piano, the piano stuff in the beginning really threw me off, and that's what I thought. Like, there's no way this is JFA. Like, this is some schmuck who put up his own music. But then, <laughs> you know, I, I looked obviously, like I said earlier. But yeah, it's 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 such a bizarre record, but it's really good. It's it's really good, and I maybe that's why this isn't on like the mainstreaming sites because it doesn't really showcase what the band normally was. That's what I would imagine. But uh, that's good. It's it's a really solid record. I like Nowhere Blossoms. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I got. It's super experimental for this band. It's kind of band. So, what do you got for number two? Uh, so, like my number one and number two. This is almost like cheating, but I I almost want to just give it a tie because they're both great in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, just for the sake of of ranking, like we gotta have rankings. <laughs> I guess I would put their their untitled, their self-titled, whatever titled it would be as yeah. number 2, but really I mean it's 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 damn near a tie because their first and their second are so different. And and like their second album, these guys went went away from like the hyper aggressive punk sound for a more refined groove punk type of thing. Yeah. Everybody got better at their instruments and they were already pretty fucking good for being teenagers. Agreed, yeah. A little irritating. And they <laughs> mesh so well together that it's so impressive. And I have like zero negative things to say about Untitled. And I just think that 
this easily could just be like their best album as well as as our album of the week because they're both they're both fantastic in completely different ways. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what's your what's your BB off this one then? Uh oh it's it, it's got to be the day Walt Disney died. Like it's <laughs> it's it's a long one and it's yeah. so, like coming off Valley of the Yanks. It's so fucking weird. It it's is. so different than anything that they did in their first album. It it plays out well. It's really fun to listen to. They really try and get into that like soundscape groove thing, mm-hmm. but they still have like their punk edge in it. And like Brian always kills it on vocals. I don't think he's like a great singer. He didn't actually never really sings ever, but he <laughs> he he finds like his his niche in there. And this band, like this band, would be nothing without him, and he would be nothing without this band. Like they just yeah. they went so perfectly together. And he kind of stayed the same between Valley of the Yakes and Untitled, but whereas the band transitioned to a different sound between the two, he was sort of like the constant. He did change a little bit, but he was kind of like the the constant between the two, the nice bridge. Mm-hmm. So that's that's. But like a a damn close second is the first track, second side, uh, standing on the verge. That is mm, another yeah, fantastic ripper. And I have this one on the vinyls. So I am pretty stoked about it because I listened to a lot this week. <laughs> okay, so my my number two is the album of the week, Valley of the Yakes, um, and that's not to say it's it's it, I'm I'm kind of on I'm in agreement with you uh, that Untitled and Valley are just they they're just neck and neck. They're both just so good. It's hard to to really think one is better, but I'm, I'm gonna say Untitled because it's a little bit more varied. Um, especially because of the song The Day Walt Disney Died. That is my favorite song. That was the first JFA song I ever heard a couple months ago when you brought it to the pod. So I just it's such a different song. It, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's one of their longest songs, if not the longest song on the record. And that coming off of their first record, which had like four or five songs under a minute. So to go from that to like almost four minutes, I think it's almost four minutes. That's a yeah. big change. That's a really big change especially for a band like this. And uh, I, I just think there's just more untitled is just more exciting because they, they do push themselves a little more. And I agree too, that they, they sound like they're better musicians. They, they got better at playing their instruments and it really shows cause, and, but they're not like flashy about it. it. It's more about the songwriting rather than being flashy with your instrument. Like, cause when, when you listen to black flag, it's like Greg Ginn just, just trying to wank or wanking and stuff and trying to make these weird compositions, but JFA got better, but they don't, they don't, they're not trying to show off like Greg was with black flag. And it's respectable. I, I, I like that a lot. And I, I think untitled's great. I have, I have this on vinyl as well. Um, really happy. I got it. Uh, it's a, it's an, it's an actual copy. It's not a bootleg because one of my JFA records is a bootleg, which sucks, but uh, wow. I'll eventually get the, the actual record. So, it, like finding JFA in the wild is damn near impossible. I've only seen it once, and that was the day you got it for me. And they're not cheap. Yeah, I know. I I paid forty five for my Untitled, and I paid twenty five for my Valley. But Valley was like I said, Valley was a bootleg, so that's I paid a lot for 40 a bootleg for my Valley, and it was twenty percent off that day. Mm-hmm. And that was like months ago before the record boom started to really take hold. Now I guarantee you see that Valley; it's going to be a sixty dollar record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Because I've yeah I've never seen that. that yeah, those are the only two times I've ever seen JFA in the wild. We're at Black Hole Records in Fullerton, and then where I got my copies, 
and then the one I got for you, Valley, at uh, Glasshouse in Pomona. Mm. So, yeah, it's my number one, Untitled, my favorite song, The Day Walt Disney Died, the first song I ever heard from JFA. So that's all I got for the rankings. Uh, you got anything else? No, no. All right, no, 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 no. so let's get into the main episode. Go listen to that. Thank you all for listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully some of the guys from JFA listen, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's all. Mm. Div-jivy. Mm.